You are listening to the Empath Insights Podcast, and in today's episode, I'm talking about how to overcome negativity. Stay tuned. I'm Rachel Hudson, and I help empaths just like you learn to thrive, learn to stop absorbing other people's stress, and embrace your natural gifts. I also teach you how to manage your sensitivities in this sometimes insensitive world we live in. So like I said earlier, I'm talking about how to overcome negativity. You might think that is impossible. Well, there are certain steps that you can take and I'm going to show you how you might be a little bit surprised. Now, have you ever secretly, maybe during a conversation or after you've left a conversation, thought to yourself, was I just really negative during that whole thing? Or am I just being too negative in general? Well, I will tell you, if you're asking yourself that, that is a really brave question. Good for you. <laughs> so a few months ago, um, I did a Facebook Live. It was like a little workshop. And I taught a class a class on how to overcome negativity. And we had lots of people show up, lots of questions, and a lot of aha moments, really. So I thought I would swing back around and revisit this topic. And just as a reminder, some of you that are in my Facebook group actually do listen to the podcast. So you might remember that you know, negativity doesn't just happen on its own. It's kind of a two-way street. And a lot of it is, I'm just going to say self-inflicted. Now, I'm not up here preaching. I'm up here saying, yep, I've done it. (laughs) So I like to be as real with you guys as possible. And you know, nobody really thinks of themselves as a negative person. We're always seeing this outside source like, oh, no, they're just too negative. I can't hang out with them. Oh, that so and so on social media is just too negative. So I mean, I get it. But we've got to kind of turn it around. And if you've been listening to me for a while, you probably also know that I'm a huge advocate for personal responsibility, where it's applicable. And I think this, you know, this is applicable. And I often talk about energy leaks when I work with clients, when I teach yoga, and when I give Reiki sessions. And so if you think about it, many of us are opening ourselves up to subtle negativity. And then we blame it on something outside of ourselves. Okay, hear me out. You might be having a lot of question marks swimming around your head right now. So how is this happening? Well, guess what? We get to choose and decide what we engage in. Whether it's the conversations that we have face-to-face, whether it's social media, there's a lot of that. Some of us, I mean, I'm guilty of it too. We just overindulge in the latest thing, social media, in the news, whatever the thing is. And what happens is we've just had a lot of practice unintentionally inviting negative energy into our lives. 
I'm going to pause right here and just let y'all know that my dog, Yogi Hudson, is snoring, but they're not barking. So I think we're good. So if you hear something odd, that's my dog snoring, but at least he's asleep. Okay, back to the show. Now I'm going to invite you to take a look at some of the things, some of the words and sentences that you're saying about the world in general, yourself, which is super important, and about other people. And you probably don't even realize it. So you might not realize what a toll it is taking on your emotional state. So here's a quick list of some of the things you might be saying without thinking about it. Oh, that just won't work. Okay, that's one. Oh, that's too hard. I can't do that. This is too, way too difficult. Or I'm exhausted. Oh my gosh, this this is, I'm still in that loop here, okay? I, I did the tired thing. I'm too tired. I'm exhausted. Well, guess what happens when you say it all the time? You start really getting extra tired. Or that's impossible. Another thing. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Even though you know it's going to work. You know, taking that little walk down to the stop sign and back is going to help your mental state. It's going to help your physical state. You're just going to get some sunshine, all the good things that go along with it. And you're like, I just, I just, it just won't work. I don't have time. Or I'm too busy. I don't have time. Or I hate that. I hate what she's wearing. I hate when she says that. Does anybody ever hate this too? Or I should be more fill in the blank, right? Or he or she hurt my feelings. Now, the last one, because this list could go on forever. I should, he should, or she should be more fill in the blank. I mean, you can fill in your own blanks here, but you kind of get the drift, right? So yeah, that is the very short list. We could go on and on, but we might be here for a very long time. Now, these subtle comments and these thoughts what happens is they create unnecessary negativity. And the interesting thing is that we don't even see ourselves doing it. We just maybe just start in on a negative conversation. And that's just how, how it's been. And so we just kind of keep going, we're just unaware. So what I'm going to swing back around and ask you to do is to just be more self aware. And remind you that negativity is a choice. You're not a victim of negativity. (laughs) And it all starts with a heavy dose of self-awareness. And instead of talking about how much we don't like something, we can flip that and we can talk about how much we like its opposite. And you're like, you lost me, Rach. Now I'm going to give you an example in my own life because this is what I do. (laughs) I'll give you an example of a situation that was a huge negativity bomb in my life. And it was 100% self inflicted. I had always seen myself as a procrastinator. Like, oh, I'm just a procrastinator. I can't do that. (laughs) Right? Well, let myself off the hook. Oh, here's another thing I would say. I'm on the non plan plan which I didn't have to commit to anything. And then if something just fell through the cra- through the cracks, then I'm like, well, you know me, I'm a procrastinator. I'm on the non-plan plan. And I got really deep into my story about the quote fact 
that I was a procrastinator. That was kind of an, a, unfair to myself, really. So I worked on changing my story. And here's the new story that I thought, you know what, I can play around with this. And this is fun. Check it out. I started to say, my mind is happy when I stick to my calendar. And I knew that that was true because every time, even if it was just for like one or two things, I focused on those things that I was able to stick to. And now, and I'm still working on it. I still think fall through the cracks, but now that's not my story. That's not my identity. And it feels so good to really honor what I say I'm going to do and really show up for myself. So that, I mean, that was a huge game changer for me because I'm like, I'm always a procrastinator. I can't change. Like I'm special. (laughs) And the brilliant thing is that you get to decide what you want to believe. You have the choice. I promise negative, positive, what you believe will show up in your life because you're just, you're looking for it. Okay. So here's a fun fact for you. Thank you, Google. Research shows that most people complain once a minute during a conversation. Are you kidding me? That's probably true if you think about it. Now, as soon as I found this piece of info out, I was, I started to become hyper aware of what I'm saying during a conversation. Am I perfect at it? No. Do I still find myself being a little too negative during a conversation? Of course I do, but I'm self-aware. So it's like chipping away at the negative stuff that I'm saying and just trying to be more positive. And it really does work. Now my conversations are a bit more meaningful. They're a little bit more thought out. Um, And I'm grateful that I had this wake up call of like, wow, once a minute during a conversation. Just think about that for just a minute. Now, let's go back to how this could show up in your life and how you could change things in your life. Think about the meetings or the gatherings that you have. Let's say maybe it's family. Or a lot of times my brain, my mind, my brain goes to like previous work examples where you're all in this meeting and it's all about like, here's the problem. Let's talk about the problem. Here's more parts of the problem. And it's kind of, kind of starts to feel like gloom and doom and like, oh, this isn't fun. Even friend groups, we can kind of get on the complaint train. Um, Or let's just be honest, online forums, some of our groups that we're in on Facebook, or who we follow on Instagram. They're mostly spent talking about the problem. And I've talked about this before. There are some empath groups that I'm a part of that I generally like being a part of. But a lot of times it's like, we only want to commiserate and talk about the problem, not solutions. So think about that. Just think about some of these groups that you're around, or maybe it's work, or maybe it's your family, or even your friend group. Now, it is very easy for the mind to go directly to the problem. I think that is just what we do. And the mind just gets really, really creative when it's starting to look for a problem. 
Meaning if there's not one, we like to create one in our minds. Now I have to give my husband a shout out. And it used to drive me bananas when he would say this. But now I I mean, I started to think about it. So he's an engineer. So he likes to fix things. He's a fixer. He is a fixer. You tell him what the problem is. And he without even asking, you're going to get that problem fixed. Now, his saying for the longest time has been, I'll tell you what the problem is, and then fill in the blank. But he didn't stop there. He told you what the problem is. And he's going to go fix it, or he's going to give you a suggestion on how to fix it. I now I mean, it still kind of drives me nuts. But now it's, it's kind of fun. I, I can see what he's doing. Like he sees a problem. And he's like, I know exactly how to fix it. We just have to figure it out. For instance, when he's home, he's home for a long time. So he works on ships. So he's gone for a long time. He's home for a long time. So we have these, uh, we call them the walk and talks. We, we like going for walks. And if there's ever a problem, it usually kind of works itself out during that 30 minute to 45 minute walk. Whether it's a problem between the two of us, whether there's a problem that we're just trying to figure out or whether it's his work or my work, we just kind of walk and talk. And that, so if you don't know, I'm a real advocate of like, hey, moving this stuck energy out of your body. And I think the easiest way really is walking because we can generally all of us can do that. And so what happens is the funny part is we walk the same route generally, but there's usually someone with a busted sprinkler head, which I don't pay attention to. And he's like, oh, that sprinkler head. <laughs> Look at that problem. <laughs> and you can kind of tell that he just wants to go over there and fix it. Like if someone would have given him permission to be like, yeah, go go to the store, go get the stuff and you fix it, he would totally do it. That would just make his day. Also, there's a, there's a house in our neighborhood that the, the main window in the front is really off center. I don't know if that's by design or if it was an accident, but he's like, ooh, look, there's that window. <laughs> if he could fix it, he would. And the third one is there is a restaurant in town where their sign is crooked. Now, it's a huge sign and it's not straight. I have never noticed it, except... The one time he's like, let's go to that restaurant. You know, their sign is crooked. <laughs> and now that I look at it, I'm like, ooh, it is kind of off-centered. It's a little bit wonky. But so he would love, if they gave him permission, he would love to go fix it. He would do it. I promise you. So he's looking. Yes, he's looking at the problem, but he's also looking for the solution. Like, well, what? You know, I used to tease him. Like, well, what? how would you go fix it? And he would just give me all the details. It's really funny. So I want you to think about this, you know, I've said this in the last podcast, action creates clarity. Yeah, we can sit around and commiserate about the problem, but sometimes we walk away feeling very drained. Action does create clarity, like, hey, let's talk about the problem. And then let's go fix it. So here's a solution, a couple of solutions I'd like to offer to you. And you could play around with these. And these will work in your family and probably your work and in your friend group. 
If you're looking for a real coping strategy and looking to get off of this complain train, I have something for you to try. Try, just try it. Try to only talk about the problem one time. And the rest of the time, make a deal with yourself and the others that are in the meeting or hanging out to focus on the solution for the rest of the time. You will see such an energy shift. It is so much fun. I will tell you, it's not easy (laughs) because we want to kind of always want to go back to the problem. We always know what the problem is, but we want to like rehash it. You know, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be perfect. You might kind of mess up here and there, but the idea is to bring more self-awareness into what you're contributing to. And I'll tell you, your friend group might really appreciate it. Your work environment might might really appreciate you having this like this suggestion like hey you guys maybe we should start to look for a solution to this instead of talking about what we don't like about this okay does that make sense because if we don't you're just picking up more passengers to go for a long ride on the complaint train with you now this is also called emotional contagion So see where we're getting at here? Emotional contagion. It doesn't feel good, usually. And it's not solution-based. So I would really love to offer you, to offer to you, to get a little bit more solution-oriented. I do have some questions for you to ask yourself. Now, if you're driving or exercising or doing something else, that's fine. Just kind of listen and you might want to just like go back to the end of this podcast and you might want to get out your journal. You know, I love to write and I love recommending writing exercises. Ask yourself, what do you think is negative in the world right now or in your life right now? You can make a list. I highly suggest it. It could be very generic But the more specific you are, the better. And this keeps you from like generalizing because when we generalize, it's really hard to come up with a solution. So that's the first one. The second one is, what is the evidence that you seek and you find for this type of thinking? Now, this is where it gets interesting. So the thing that I wrote down was, I'm a big animal person. If you don't know that, then now you do. Animal cruelty is one of my big, I just kind of get super stressed out about animal cruelty and the unfairness of these types of things. And so I had a lot of evidence knowing that there is animal cruelty in the world. Okay. Now, the third thing you want to do is write down the opposite of this thought and find equal amount of evidence for the positivity and the solution and an alternate opinion, maybe. So going from animal cruelty all the way to the opposite, I have found some amazing sweet groups on Facebook that love animals. My favorite one is Chonky Cat. Oh my gosh. It's not only sweet, it's hilarious. And there is zero drama. Yay. Also, I have started following some animal rescue operations on Instagram. 
And there is, if you want a good Instagram account to follow, that is just the sweetest. This girl, I call her a girl, she's probably in her 20s. She fosters animals. She fosters dogs and she rehabilitates them and then they're ready to get adopted. And she just, it's called Sweet Annabelle, I think. You should check it out. Anyways, it's the sweetest thing ever. So I actually came up with equal amount of evidence that the opposite of animal cruelty was true. So how do we feel? How do we feel when we think about something very negative versus how we feel when we think about something these people who are doing really good work in the world, who are saving animals, who are taking like this little starving puppy and rehabilitating her or him and watching this puppy go from like a really kind of a sad case to really playful and a really sweet, 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 adoptable dog. Okay. What I like to do with um, my sister when we we do, we talk a lot. We probably talk for hours a week on the phone. And sometimes we kind of catch each other and ourselves going down this complaint train like, oh, I've got a headache and uh, I just feel terrible. And we say, we've got this kind of just a side joke. It's like, oh, 100 years ago or 500 years ago, a headache might have killed us, you know? So we kind of take like a lighthearted look at our perceived huge problems right? And we we plug it into 100 years ago. We're like, man, we might not even have lasted this long 100 years ago. <laughs> so that's kind of our inside joke. And you are welcome to it. And it's something to play around with in your self-awareness. Now, since it is Emotional Empath Month in my Facebook group. You are invited. Of course, you're invited to join me in my Facebook group, Empath Insights. I will leave the link in the show notes. And you're also invited to follow me on Instagram. I never talk about that. I'm on Instagram a lot. And it's Rachel K. Hudson. Again, I'll just leave the link in the show notes. And I have a gift for you. It is 11 journal prompts for emotional empaths. These are so good. And my recommendation is finding one to work on either one a day or one a week. And you might want to explore that same topic one time throughout the whole week, whatever you want to do with it, you can make it your own, you could share it with people. And that's my gift to you. And I know a lot of us are emotional empaths. And I just want to say, I am with you. You can have very positive experiences as an empath. That is what I'm here for. We don't have to be victims. We can actually be empowered and we can really have this as one of our gifts. We can use being an emotional empath as a gift instead of being a victim to it. Now, if you're ready to start thriving as an empath, if you're ready to start banishing those energy vampires, I'd love to invite you to work with me one-on-one. Just go to my website, rachelkhudson.com and just go to the tab that says work with me and we can schedule a free consultation. Well, I hope you have a wonderful day and I hope you have a wonderful week. Be kind to yourself. Say nice things to yourself and be kind to others. And I'll see you next time. Bye.